0: All right, welcome back to Healthspan. This is part one, continued of Life Force by Tony Robbins. In this episode, I discuss different types of diagnostic power we have, anti-aging stuff, CAR T therapy, CRISPR, and the Wnt signaling pathway. To begin, I'll be discussing advances in testing to help detect diseases earlier, such as heart disease, cancer, and Alzheimer's. I'm going to begin with heart heart disease. We are now using artificial intelligence to read a heart scan and differentiate between a safe and dangerous plaque. If there's a heart attack looming in the future, let's say three years or five years down the road, this new AI guided approach to CCTA, which is coronary CT angiography, can detect the warning signs so that you can take action to prevent it. And he gives the example of how he and his father-in-law went to Naples, Florida to this Fountain Life Center and the doctor there showed him charts and graphs that illustrated exactly how AI can take a regular CT scan and amplify it so you can actually look through every art- artery and distinguish between a calcified cholesterol plaque, which is stable, versus a non-calcified soft unstable plaque, which are the ones that are impl- implicated in heart disease and you know ischemia to the heart. So that's one way we're using AI-guided approach to, again, the CCTA. In terms of of cancer, we are now using this technology, again, at the Fountain of Life called GRAIL. GRAIL is a game-changing blood test that can identify cancers long before symptoms pop up in its earliest stages. So we use this GRAIL blood test along with a full-body MRI. And GRAIL can search for more than 50 different types of cancers with a simple blood test, But like any other blood test, it's not always perfect. So again, we use this full-body MRI along with Grail. And both the Grail and MRI can detect cancers very early. And when you detect cancers earlier, it means better outcome, less invasive treatments, and overall better survival. So if you detect the cancer earlier, it's most likely not to have metastasized already. And it's a lot better treatable if you detect it earlier. So moving forward, I'll be talking about Alzheimer's disease, ways to detect Alzheimer's disease earlier. And again, we're using AI, artificial intelligence. We are mapping the brain using MRI. And this AI technology is able to measure 132 areas of the brain and amplifies AI to determine whether you show signs of Alzheimer's, pre-Alzheimer's, or even Parkinson's disease. At the same time, this AI-guided technology can also measure the volume of various parts of the brain, whether they are increasing or decreasing, and whether you have any vascular disease in the brain. He goes on to talk about hormonal testing, heavy metal testing, and really pushes this Fountain Life company and visiting a center near you. So if you wanna check out Fountain Life, I recommend giving it a Google search. And again, this is a company founded by Tony Robbins and a few other people where you can get some of this very advanced AI technology if you or a loved one has potentially heart disease, cancer, um, let's say maybe Alzheimer's as well. So I recommend checking out Fountain Life, uh, one of Tony Robbins' company. For now, I wanted to move forward into the anti-aging stuff. And I already did a four entire podcast episode on David Sinclair's Lifespan book, which you can go ahead and check out there. I go a lot more detail into things like NAD, sirtuins, epigenetics, DNA repair, hormesis, stuff like that. But because Tony Robbins talks talks about all this stuff in this book, I'll be discussing that as well. So the first thing I wanted to talk about were the mitochondria. We all understand the mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. We all understand we need mitochondria to generate ATP. And because we all know this, I wanted to take the next few minutes to discuss other functions on the mitochondria that you probably didn't know. Mitochondria are also needed for fatty acid oxidation. So utilizing those fatty acids, we need the mitochondria for that. Mitochondria are also needed for storing calcium. They're needed for apoptosis, which is the programmed cell death. So mitochondria are actually needed for the intrinsic cascade of apoptosis and getting rid of harmful cells that may potentially be cancerous. Mitochondria are also needed for immune signaling. Mitochondria also secrete mitochondrial-derived peptides. I talked about this in Age Later by Dr. Nir Barzilay, how mitochondria secrete specific peptides. One of them in particular is called humanin. Humanin is a mitochondrial-derived peptide, which is very important for Neuroprotection and Preventing Against Alzheimer's. There's been a lot of work by Navdeep Shandel, who was recently, or who was on Peter O'Tia's podcast, who discovered that mitochondria also released a lot of reactive oxygen species, or ROS, and different metabolites like L2HG, which controls hemat- hematopoietic stem cell differentiation and also T-regulatory function. The point i'm trying to make is the mitochondria is a lot more than just the powerhouse of the cell it has various functions again like fatty acid oxidation storing calcium apoptosis immune signaling and secretion of certain peptides like humanin again it's important to have good mitochondrial health and you do this by exercise and other ways to kind of boost mitochondrial biogenesis like fasting like taking uh, certain supplements like metformin, stuff like that. Again, we're talking about aging, the root cause of all diseases. By far the biggest risk factor for anything like COPD, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's is aging. While smoking increases your cancer risk by fivefold, according to Sinclair, aging raises it by 500fold. Aging itself is the mother of virtually all diseases, including most infectious diseases. Now, the funny part is that the National Institute of Aging, which is part of the National Institute of Health, only receives 7.5% of the total funding of the NIH, the National Institute of Health. And I say this is ironic because we're not focusing enough money on the aging and solving aging. Instead, we're focusing on these individual diseases like cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and these other kind of diseases that are caused by aging. Not that research in those areas are not important. I'm just saying that we're not focusing enough on the aging research, where a lot of these downstream stuff are caused by aging. So I think that's something to think about uh, going forward, if we can fund more money into the aging research so again moving forward we can't have a discussion about aging and David Sinclair without talking about sirtuins sirtuins if you didn't read lifespan or listen to my podcast about that are a set of seven regulatory genes that are involved in different kinds of functions in your cells one of the main functions is to govern the epigenome Sirtuins are the actually ones that are turning on and off the genes at the right time. They're also needed for boosting mitochondrial activity, reducing inflammation, uh, protecting telomeres, stuff like that. They're also needed for directing DNA repair. Now, remember, the sirtuins cannot work without NAD. NAD is nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, and is, it is a cofactor or coenzyme needed for many things like energy production, sirtuin function increasing telomere length, decreasing inflammation, and it's also needed for more than 200 different types of reactions in your body. NAD is a very important molecule in your body. Without it, you would die or be dead in less than 30 seconds. The cool thing about NAD two is that it targets a lot of the hallmarks of aging. So one of the hallmarks again is mitochondrial dysfunction, stuff like proteostasis, accumulation of senescent cells, telomere shortening, epigenetic instability, uh, chromosomal instability, stuff like that. So NAD targets all these things. Now the problem is, by the by the time you turn 50 years old, you have 50% of the NAD you had when you were younger. So right when you need NAD the most, when your body begins to break down, is when NAD begins to deplete. So again, in the next episode... I'll be discussing different types of NAD supplements and ways you can boost NAD as well. But for now, remember that NAD is extremely important for your body because of all its functions and its targets when it comes to the different types of hallmarks of aging. David Sinclair and his team at Harvard gave NMN, which is a precursor to NAD, to 20-month-old mice. A 20-month-old mice is equivalent to a man or woman who is about 60 or seven years old. When he gave NMN to these mice, they formed new and more densely networked blood vessels. Their mitochondria revived as well. And with more blood flow and oxygen, their muscles got larger and stronger. Tony Robbins also talks about this new supplement coming out. It's called MIB626. It's a proprietary synthetically manufactured molecule that is similar but not identical to NMN. And recent studies show that in humans, who took this MIB-626 for 14 days can actually raise NAD levels by as much as 200 to 300%. So be on the lookout for this MIB-626 molecule, one of the molecules that can apparently boost NAD levels. So next is the epigenetic time machine. He talks about the Yamanaka factors. Again, I talked about this in lifespan book in 2006, a Japanese researcher by the name of Shinya Yamanaka made the discovery of these four different types of transcription factors in genes that allow you to de-differentiate cells. In other words, we're able to manipulate these cells and take a cell that has already been differentiated and, re- and re- return it back to its induced pluripotent stem cells, which again have this ability to repair or replace injured tissue, and become younger, newer, and better functioning. And for the record, those four transcription factors or genes are called MYC, SOX, KLF, and OCT3-3-4. Those are the four transcription factors that are the Yamanaka factors that are needed for de-differentiation of these cells, adult cells, into stem cells. In 2019, David Sinclair's Harvard lab took three out of the four factors, in and they injected it into mice who were blinded by like age-related glaucoma. And in adult mammals, cells in the central nervous system, which included the optine- optic nerve, are not known to regenerate. Once vision has been lost by glaucoma, there's never been a way to really get it back. But maybe now there will be when Sinclair's Revival mice had their sight restored. This is the first treatment to reverse vision loss in a glaucoma model. So again, we took these three out of the four Yamanaka factors. They they took out MYC, but kept SOX, KLF, and OCT. And they were able to restore eyesight in the mice. And hopefully, down the road, we're able to use these different Yamanaka factors to turn back old, worn-out cells and make new, better-functioning cells in our body. So not just eyesight, but other types of degeneration as well. Now I'm going to move on to the next section, which deals with CAR T cell therapy. And he had this whole section about organ regeneration, which I'm going to skip because I think this section on CAR T cells is more important and more fascinating. So, what is CAR T therapy? CAR-T is chimeric antigen receptor. It's called chimeric because it combines both antigen binding and T-cell activating function into a single receptor. The premise of CAR-T therapy is to modify T-cells to recognize cancer cells in order to destroy them. So back in 2010, a researcher by the name of Dr. Carl June and his colleagues at the University of Pennsylvania had treated a cancer patient with something never tried before, infusion of a man's own white blood cells with a twist. June's Philadelphia lab had genetically reprogrammed these T cells into an anti-tumor precision-guided strike force, a set of cellular cruise missiles, if you will. So again, we're taking these T cells out of the blood. We're doing something to them to manipulate them to to show that they they should only target cancer cells. So CAR-T therapy is this combination of gene therapy and immunotherapy. So it's a, it's a sense of gene therapy in that we are editing a cell's DNA to remove a defect or insert a helpful gene, and it is immunotherapy because we, we are boosting a patient's own natural immune system. And to give a perfect example of how CAR-T works, we introduced this man named Bill Ludwig. Bill Ludwig was a man who had CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which has a five-year survival rate that normally with um, chemotherapy has an 80% chance of survival at five years. So Bill Ludwig had already gone through numerous chemo rounds and also a trial by the NIH, which hadn't done much for him. He wasn't getting a lot better. So when he had discovered June's CAR T-cell therapy, he didn't hesitate. At this point, with his abnormal Y-count, he figured he had nothing to lose. So he enrolled Ludwig in this study, and a few weeks before Ludwig's first infusion, June's lab drew his blood, spun out his T-cells, and mixed them with this virus. And instead of attacking Ludwig's immune system, these viruses were programmed to help fight it back. Think of it was a snippet of customized DNA. The instructions for making a set of proteins to detect surface markers on T cells, uh, on cancer cells, sorry. So we're using our own T cells to target cancer cells. The antigens and markers on cancer cells are being detected by these T cells and being destroyed. That's been the longest problem for chemotherapy is that we're not able to distinguish between cells that are cancerous versus our own cells. Now one month after the treatment. Ludwig ordered a biopsy or Ludwig's doctor ordered a biopsy on Ludwig and it came back completely clean. There was no leukemia in his bone marrow, not a single bad B cell. He also talks about this 5-year-old named Emily Whitehead. She has acute lymphoblastic leukemia and this is a type of childhood cancer. Emily Whitehead also decided to undergo CAR T therapy. And like Ludwig, she received this CAR-T therapy and started feeling very bad the first couple days because of the immune response. So she had high amounts of IL-6 in her body, like 1,000 times normal. And she went into respiratory failure. They gave her an IL-6 inhibitor along with this CAR-T therapy. And eight days later, June was gratified to read the biopsy report that she got. So Emily appeared to be cancer-free. Six months Later, tests confirmed that not a single leukemia cell remained in her bone marrow. So we know this CAR-T is working, it's efficacious, in getting rid of a lot of these blood cancers like leukemia and lymphoma. Novartis, which is a Swiss-based pharmaceutical company, licensed June's CAR-T cell technology. And Novartis launched Eliana, which is a phase 2 trial with 79 children and young adults with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Two years later, the results were in, 83% of the subjects showed complete remission. So 83% out of those 79 children with this CAR T therapy showed remission. So again, we're showing that it's actually working. And in 2019, two years after FDA approval, Medicare unveiled a coverage plan for CAR T cell therapy. June predicts that it's only a matter of time before cell-based therapy replaces a high-dose chemotherapy as the frontline treatment for virtually all blood cancers. So if you or or if you know someone who has a type of blood cancer like leukemia and lymphoma, I highly recommend checking out CAR-T therapy. Again, the problem is this price, but hopefully we can get this price point down where it, it can become available to virtually anyone. So on to the next section. He has this section about CRISPR-Cas9. It's been in the news lately for the past five, ten years, as this novel technology in, in gene editing, we're able to edit out errors in our DNA. So if someone has a certain gene mutation, like, let's say, muscular dystrophy or some sort of inborn error of metabolism, we're able to go to a specific region of the DNA and cut out the defective gene and replace it with a new gene. CRISPR, for those of you who don't know, is stands for clustered regulatory interspaced short palindromic repeats and it has a lot of potential in the years to come again it's a technology discovered by Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier they actually won the 2020 Nobel Prize in chemistry for it and it's very simple the concept is very simple we take this CRISPR-Cas9 we inject it into our cells it goes to the specific region that is defective. It'll bind to that region and cut it out. So that's what gene editing is, gene therapy. And it's being used for a lot of, again a lot of these inborn errors of metabolism, some sort of like maybe sickle cell, it's being used for muscular dystrophy, some of these diseases that would pot- potentially be fatal, but now with gene editing, we are fixing those genes, genes and causing uh, massive improvements in these people's lives. So that's just a short segment about CRISPR-Cas9. I highly recommend you check it out uh, in your free time if you can. The last ver- last section is about the Wnt signaling pathway. So the wondrous Wnt pathway. Is this the ultimate fountain of youth? A man by the name of Osmar- Osman Kaibar founded this company called BioSlice. And Osman Kaibar, he attended the Vatican Unite to Cure conference along with Tony Robbins and showed how he can use the Wnt signaling pathway to combat things like osteoarthritis, tendonitis, Alzheimer's, baldness, and disc disease. He, he said during the conference that from the day we're born until the day we die, our lives depended on the descendants of the embryonic stem cells that, we, that leave us at birth. They're called progenitor stem cells. And descendants of these stem cells that can further differentiate to create specialized cell types, and maintain every repair, and re- maintain and repair every system in our body. So one of the functions of Wnt is a signal. It's a family of signaling transduction pathways. It does a lot of things when we're young, like establish an organism's overall body plane, like the anterior posterior posterior part in the dorsal ventral axis of your of our bodies. It's also needed for progenitor stem cell differentiation. So if you take a stem cell and it undergoes the wind pathway, it'll tell that cell to differentiate, let's say, into a hepatocyte or a neuron or maybe a pancreas cell. So it's able to differentiate and proliferate and multiply And we're taking advantage of this Wnt pathway, at least um, this guy from Biosplice is. So the big Biosplice breakthrough is to bring the Wnt pathway back to base. Their small molecule medicine targets and penetrates particular stem cells and either dials them up or down. Think of the dimmer switch that controls your table lamp. When they're turned up, those tired, depleted cells in our joints or lung or scalp will erupt into a frenzy of rejuvenation when these cells are turned down overabundant bone cells for example one of the main causes of osteoarthritis retreat and leave room for more cartilage again basically he's taking this wind pathway he's saying we can manipulate it to either turn it up and cause more differentiation of these stem cells into let's say a hair follicle or maybe or maybe like depleted whatever whatever is depleted and causing more of that growth but we can also turn the signal down in cases where there's too much signal like osteoarthritis this guy Osman Kaybar is really accomplished he was born in Turkey and he won huge scholarships he attended Pomona College and um, Caltech for a dual degree in math and electrical engineering he went to UC San Diego my alma mater for his phd in biophotonics he founded this company called genopix that ended up being sold to novartis for 470 million dollars i'm basically saying he's very accomplished and he combined with a few other partners to find to to found biospice and take advantage of again of this wnt signaling pathway again it's this type of pathway that we can either control for turning up or turning down he puts it here that they can. They identify biological targets, the signaling proteins that could corral a wind pathway gone haywire. They then chemically engineered a lineup of unique molecules to trigger their targets to jump into action. Again, for example, sometimes with hair loss or a damaged spinal cord, the goal was to stimulate stem cells that were asleep at the switch. But when there was too much re- regeneration, as in cancer or Alzheimer's, the aim was to to tell the tissues to really calm down a lot of this stuff is in the works it sounds very promising he even has a passage here talking about at the doses the company plans to commercialize none of its small molecule therapy caused any significant har- harmful side effects now i'm still not fully convinced i think there's a lot of research that needs to be done if you do a quick sur- google search of the Wnt signaling pathway it's just wnt you can see that it's implicated in a lot of cancers I think it's a smart idea. I think eventually we can take advantage of this Wnt pathway. And Osman Kaibar is trying to do a lot more than just anti-age. He's trying to completely de-age, he calls it. So not anti-aging, but Biosplice is all about de-aging. He says we define health not just as a lack of disease, but what our optimal health was when we were younger. He sees this Wnt pathway as a basic tool, not just to stop or slow aging, but actually to reverse it. And he believes they're going to make us younger. So that is the Wnt signaling pathway. Feel free to do your own research on that. I just thought I'd introduce it here, thought it was interesting, something to potentially come up in the future. So again, I discussed different types of diagnostic powers. I talked about some anti-aging stuff, which I go in a lot more detail in lifespan. I talked about CAR-T therapy, CRISPR, and the wind signaling pathway. Next episode, part two, I'll be discussing stuff like the power of peptides, hormones, and different types of nutraceuticals. I talk about NAD supplements, saunas, cold showers, stuff like that. So if you are interested in that kind of stuff, I recommend tuning into part two, which I'll do soon. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something, and I hope you tune in next time. Thank you for listening.